Welcome to season two of the Good Market Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Cunningham. Each month, we hear from good people with great products, supporting exceptional causes, and making incredible impacts on communities around the world. Join us now as we hear another good story about impact that's happening right near you. Well, hello there. It's Harry Cunningham, and welcome to our newest episode of Good Market Live, the podcast that tells the stories behind all the good people, great products, and exceptional causes we celebrate in our stores. And I'm beyond excited today to introduce you to my guest, Katrina Robertson. Katrina, welcome. Thank you, Harry. Glad to be here. I am so glad you're here. I I love your story, and I can't wait to share it with our listeners. But just so everybody here knows, Katrina is... um, calling in today on behalf of her own story, but also the story of the the place where she works, which is a wonderful organization called Thistle Farms uh, down in Nashville. Uh, but they've grown far beyond just Nashville now, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, if you don't know, um, Thistle Farms is one of the newest brands that we've partnered with to tell their story and share their products with the uh, our customers at Good Market. And so I am excited to introduce you to Thistle Farms story today and Katrina's story as well. So Katrina, I'm going to jump right over to you and, and let you Tell us a little bit about Thistle Farms. And now we were saying now in its third decade, 25 plus years of incredible work that's been going on. But I I don't want to steal your thunder. I'll let you tell us a little bit about what's going on over there at Thistle Farms. Um, I am so excited to be here to share with you all uh, about an amazing community that believes that love is the most powerful force for change in the world. And I think the first thing I just want to say is that the fact that I'm sitting here Right now with you all is a true testament that all the things that are supposed to destroy us and make us bad and 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 and, and do away with us, uh, love is more powerful than all of that stuff. Um, Thistle Farms is a community where um, women who have survived, and I want to say the word is survived, uh, survived addiction and trafficking and abuse and prostitution and being in and out of jail, um, women get to come and find a safe place, a safe place to really dig in and and, and heal from mm-hmm. some of the traumas that happened to us way before we start using drugs sometimes. Um, but as children, you know, things that are out of our hands, out of our control, things yeah. have happened that have stunted our growth and made it really, really easy to make the wrong decisions like using drugs and degrading yourself. Uh, some of the traumas that we've experienced here. I'm just one woman in one story of a lot of women that uh, that have come through Thistle Farms and women that will come through Thistle Farms because we keep the candle lit. That's right. We keep that candle lit for the next lady. That's right. So, Katrina, I, I'm excited to hear your story. Tell me about how Thistle Farms got started, though. Who, like, who was it that said, "Let's open the doors. We've got a job to do." So interesting. We didn't start with the social enterprise first. Mm-hmm. We started with this amazing lady named Becca Stevens, and she was ministering and going to the visiting the prisons and you know ministering because she is an Episcopal priest. Mm-hmm. So let me stop first and say that Thistle Farms is not a religious program. We believe that once women and men start healing, that they need to have their own freedom to find their own spiritual path. Mm-hmm. 
So we don't have to go to Becca's chapel or anything. She That's what she does for Vanderbilt. She's right. the Episcopal priest. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. Oh. And so <clears throat> she was ministering, going to the prisons and ministering. And she thought about as she looked around, where are the women? I'm, I'm going in to minister to the men, but where are the women? Mm-hmm. And she realized that the women were using the the jail system as a revolving door. Wow. Like there was this vicious cycle. A woman would get arrested for either a drug charge or um, a prostitution charge. And you go to jail or paraphernalia. You go to jail and you they just lock you up for seven days and you eat and you sleep. And then you're released back into the same vicious cycle you got locked up for. Wow. And so she decided that she wanted to take five women from the penal system and move them into a beautiful home mm-hmm. and love them lavishly. That means not hand-me-downs, but the best. Mm-hmm. She put five women in the house together and everybody thought she was crazy <laughs> because they didn't think it would work. Mm-hmm. But she has enough for her own abuse because she was abused um, after her father, who was a, a pastor, a priest, um, after he got killed by a drunk driver, one of the priests that stepped in for him abused her. So she knew enough about the pain that the women had to know that if you love people hard enough and long enough and make them safe enough, they'll heal. Yeah. So that's who Thistle Farms is in a, in a, in a, in a quick shot. Well, and Katrina, I want sanctuary. to interrupt you just for one minute. Mm-hmm. You said you said something really important in what you just said that if you if you love them, they will heal. And I think what people can't see there because they're hearing us is behind you on the wall are some letters that say "Love Heals." Absolutely. And there there's so much to be said about that. Um, just that, that's two very simple words words that we probably say every day anyway. Mm-hmm. But when you put them together, what Becca was doing truly brings it home, right? So we we can say those words all day, but there's some action that has to be behind. One hundred percent. And that means that because I thought when they when my friend girl told me to come and come into this program, I was like, and they told me I was going to meet Becca, and she was an Episcopal priest. I was like, see, they're not going to want me. <laughs> I've been in and out of jail. I've been jumping in and out of cars, degrading myself. They're not going to want me. Around, they don't not gonna want to be around me. Yeah, and they were like, "Girl, we've all done that, but love heals." Yeah, that means that when you're at your worst, that people don't point their fingers at you and down you. They gather around you and love you back to life. Mm-hmm. That's what Thistle Farms has done for us. Unbelievable! Like it doesn't matter what we've done, how bad we've been. Like you just love people unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in that, they will say, I am worth love. I am worth being loved. And that's when the healing starts. I love that. Um, I, I am worth because I think that the idea that self-worth can come back to someone is really game changing. Right. And, and, you know, I don't I don't think any of us are born not having self-worth. So that that's right. that that idea that your self-worth is taken away from you. You don't give it up. It's taken away from you. Exactly. But you can fight and you can get it back. And I think that's such a, such a testament, right? So, so back to these five women. So Becca starts this with five women, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks she's crazy. She knows better, (laughs) right? (laughs) And I don't think she really knew what she was doing, but maybe that's the fun, right? 
that's what makes it fun. You know, I was talking to and my daughter yesterday, this idea, it's, it's interesting, like, if you, sometimes life just wants to, you to take it by the lapels and say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Right. And that's sort of what mm-hmm. she was doing. Like she, mm-hmm. she knew what the outcome was going to be. She just had to figure out how to get there. We thank her all the time. And she'll say, I just had the vision. I just had the yeah. thought and the vision. When she put it out there, the wider community came in and said, how can we help? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help with this? Like, so we thank her for her vision. Because, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So and Katrina, following through with it. Yeah. How long after she started, and I, I want to dig into your story a little bit. How long after she started were you impacted? And I know you, you told us a little bit about your friend that got you into it, but how many years after it was that? So she started the first house. She opened the first house in 1996, 97. Mm-hmm. Right. The first five women came in and they were staying clean. Amazing. She lost her mom, which really kind of defocused her from the house. Sure. But the women took accountability and said, they trusted us in this beautiful house and they've given us everything and I don't have to pay any rent. They loved and nurtured Becker while she was grieving for her mom. Of course. Wow. Right? Yeah. And so she talks about how they did this outline of the things that they wanted to not be in the house. Like we don't want any drug use in the house. We don't want any abuse, no fighting. Right. They, they made the model. Wow. It worked. Wow. It's it incredible. It's incredible. And, 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 and the women that were in, in that first house said, I left some friends back on the street. I need to go get those. women. <laughs> you got to get another house. That's incredible. That's literally how it happened. It's that unconditional love. Yeah. Now, are those women, any of those first five still affiliated with the program? They are. They're sister for life. Whether they're here working or they're out in the world running their own business, whether they're relapsed and they're still struggling, they are sisters for life. They will always be a part of this community just because they don't work here anymore. They're still sisters for life. It's such a beautiful, true demonstration of what family is, right? And and when you and I talked before, we were talking about family, and family goes beyond the your blood family, if you will, right? There, that family yes. is much bigger, and it's such a beautiful description and depiction yes. of what real family is. So, yes. Katrina, let's talk about your story a little bit. And it's uh, yes. you know, I, I I was blown away the first time I heard your story, and then the second time I heard it, even even more detail, I was even more just in awe of what you've overcome and, and where you are and how you've gotten here. But, you know, a lot of people listening probably haven't heard your story yet. And I, I'd love if you'd share, um, share your story. I will do. I will do. Um, and I think I start back at when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I have two older brothers that are 10 and 12 years older than me. And I remember up to age 11 that I had a good childhood childhood. Although my step, my biological father was not in the home, mm-hmm. I never remember my biological father being in the home. I do hear stories that my brothers had to endure of how my biological father abused my mom. And when I was three years old, she finally had enough of herself to leave, take us, and stay gone. Mm-hmm. But I never remember him being there. So I'm 10 years old and just happy-go-lucky little girl. Mm-hmm. And... I remember her talking about she's getting married and I was super excited. Why? Because I was going to get to have a daddy like all of my other classmates. Right. I was going to get to have something I had never experienced. 
and she got married and it was beautiful and um time went by and I thought everything was good and okay and I'm 10 right and some of the stuff is still a little foggy um but I remember my stepfather coming home one day during the summertime and coming up to my bedroom the kids we were out we were out of school for the summer so in the daytime I'd go to one of my mom's friends houses where all the kids kind of Stayed during the daytime because she was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And it was lunchtime, so I rode my bike home, came home, went upstairs to have lunch and watch cartoons. And my stepfather came home like he always did. It was nothing new. This particular day, he came to my bedroom and started having conversations with me about little boys, what little boys were going to think, what little boys think about with girls and what little boys would probably try to do and come here. Let me show you what little boys are going to do. And so I know all of us have these things that are called fight or flight in mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And I knew I couldn't fight him because he was a big man and he was my father figure. And I was taught sure. not to disrespect my parents. Um, but I knew that this was really wrong because my mom had these conversations with me. And mm -hmm. then he began to molest me. He began to abuse me. And all I knew was the only other option was flight. Mm -hmm. So I jumped up, got away from him, put on my clothes and was running down the, just to get away from him out of my own bedroom to get away from him. Um, I ran down the stairs and he stood at the top of the stairs and told me that I better not tell anybody because they wouldn't believe me because it was my fault because I was a bad girl. Mm. And you tell a 10 year old that comes and it comes, the message comes from her, her stepfather, father figure. I believed it and I internalized it. This right. is my fault. And I better not tell anybody. Not even the one person that I should have trusted. And that Your was mom. my mom. Mm -hmm. But it was my fault. Mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell her that. I was going to get in trouble. Right. And so I didn't tell anybody. I jumped on my bike and went back to my friend's houses. And I acted like nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. But what happened was there is something about our psyche and our bodies and stuff. It started to come out in other ways. Wow. There was a rule like you could you could go to your friend's house and ride your bike and be in the neighborhood. But you need to be home when the street lights come on. Mm -hmm. That was a rule. We all had it. All right, the kids. Right. I, we all knew. See y'all the street lights when they come on. Time to go home. I started rebelling. Mm-hmm. And simple stuff like that, I'd stay out just in, just way past the lights being on. So she's calling around looking for me. Um, I started being promiscuous, sleeping with little boys that I shouldn't have been because I was exposed to that. Right, right. And so, again, I carried all of this. I carried all of this. And age 14, I got introduced to beer and marijuana um, because I started hanging with the wrong group of kids in school. They were skipping school and drinking and I was just hanging with them at first and then they was like, yeah. try this. And I remember the first time I tried it and it was like, this is horrible. Y'all do this every day, all day. Mm -hmm. And um, but then a few minutes later, I remember this superficial numbing of all that racket that had been going on in my brain. Right. I was right. like, oh, 
I don't have to think about that. I can pretend to be this person and not think about that when I'm not. Wow. And so I went from making good grades in school to dropping out the 12th grade of the, of the second semester of my 12th grade. Wow. So you were going to school, though, while this was going on for part of it and grades continued getting worse. Now, I, I know challenges. No, my grades... My grades didn't get worse. Oh, That's they didn't the get worse. Part. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. wow. I was supposed to say, I was supposed to graduate six in my class. After oh, my class, goodness. after I dropped out of my class, walked, my mama received, because I was still going to school like I was in school. Right. But I stopped going the second semester. And she received uh, a letter from the guidance counselor. I did not know they were going to send that letter <laughs> saying that we're so sorry that Katrina failed to graduate. It's, that she forget, you know, she failed to walk. She was supposed to graduate six in her class. Wow. I don't know wow. how I did that. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And, and, you know, obviously a challenging time because this was before, you know, I don't, I'm, it's not my job to share your age, but this is before people were talking about any of this. No, yeah. I was right. 17, 16, 17. Yeah. Supposed to be graduating. Yeah. So, so you don't graduate. You're on the streets, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got two I'm, brothers I'm, that are now in their late 20s. Right. Your mom's still concerned about me. For yeah. sure. And your mom's still are you still living at home then or were you really living on the streets mm-hmm. by then? Still no, living I at home. I was still at home. And she started, let's do some therapy. Right. Let's do treatment because they said they found weed in your system. And but I would I'd go to therapy and I'd leave out of there worse than I was because I wasn't talking about what my stop, stepfather had done to me. Right. Because right. I had said I was gonna carry that to my grave. I was not gonna talk about that. Right. Because that was my fault. I was not finna pitch the brunt of that. I was not telling nobody. Wow. So mm-hmm. you end up on the streets and, and we're we're, you know, synopsizing a little bit, but you end up on the streets and you've got mm-hmm. a friend that's on the streets. Mm-hmm. And, and we we ran together for a long time and then she just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Now me and her both were in and out of jail all the time. So I'm you like, were that person you were talking about that goes into jail for seven days, gets out, gets oh, back yeah. in. Yeah, that was you. Oh, yeah. I've done a year. I've done 11, 20, 11 days and 20, 11 months and 29 days wow. in jail. Yeah, I've done a. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, yeah. So she disappears. Mm-hmm. And and I go on years, a couple of years go by. I don't see her. I just think she's in jail. She's done something and gotten caught, right? That's the only reason mm-hmm. why we leave the streets. And so one day I'm at a store and she pops up in this car. She pulls up on me because she knows where I am. Sure. And she jumps out the car and puts her arms around me. But I'm feeling really bad because I knew I'd had on the same clothes for five days. I knew I probably smelled. It was hot outside, sweating. Mm-hmm. But she put her arms around me and told me she loved me. And I said, where have you been? You just get out of jail? She was like, no. I've been in this program. Wow. And by now I've already done six, uh, treatment centers after treatment centers and six day and 90 days, and 30 day treatment centers and none of it worked for me. Mm-hmm. So I was convinced that it just wouldn't work for me. It might work for somebody else. It wasn't going to work for me. And she said, let me just go talk to everybody and find out if I can get you to come in. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do that. Go on. Cause I was, a, I was embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just trying to get rid of her. I was glad I got to see her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and I was like, a treatment center? And she was like, I said, well, you know, that don't work for me. And she said, but Katrina, this this place is different. And I could see this glow 
about her. I could see this newness or this something about her. And she went and talked to the team and they said, yep, she can come in. Wow. Now, what year was this? What year was this? This was in 2000 and this was in 2000. 2000. Because I was introduced to Thistle Farms in 2000 the first time. Gotcha. A couple of years after it first started. Yeah. Wow. And I got into a bad relationship and relapsed. So it took me four years to get back. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So that was in 2000. Then you left and you Mm -hmm. came back. And I came back in 2005. Um, Yeah. And it's just been different. Like um, I finally, I finally realized that I was worthy. You know, I finally started talking about in therapy uh, what had happened to me. And so my therapist had to stop me and say, Katrina, you were 10. You were 10 years old. Mm -hmm. How was that your fault? This was a grown man. And I was like, you're right. Mm -hmm. Like I've been carrying this around for years. Still blaming yourself. But it was the the community that made me feel safe. I could hear the women in our group. We do group therapy too. And I could hear Mm -hmm. them talking about Somebody did this to me, and I was like, "Why are they talking about this?" Oh. Yeah, <laughs> because they wanted that freedom. Though they felt safe, sure. I just hadn't felt it yet. So once I started talking about that in therapy, and she put the pieces together, which is what I feel like a therapy does, puts those jigsaw pieces together mm-hmm. to make a beautiful picture for you. Sometimes, um, yeah, I realized I've been carrying something that's not even mine. And I was able to go to his bedside before he passed away and forgive him for what he had done to me. And I didn't do that for him. I did it for me. Right. To take my own life back. Yeah. And you did successfully. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I had a beautiful baby girl while I was in the streets. Wow. I got pregnant while I was in the streets. Mm -hmm. Um, When I found out I was pregnant, I was like two months in. And my mom was like, okay, it's not just you anymore. Mm-hmm. You're always talking about, I ain't hurt nobody but myself, not just you. Right. There's a baby. Mm-hmm. So she took me back in and nursed me back to health. And I had this beautiful baby girl and got her home from the hospital. And I went to the store one day and I saw the guys that I always got hot with. And I left my baby at home with my mom. Wow. Again, the vicious cycle started. Right. All over again. And my mom raised my daughter. Wow. Until I found this community in 2005 again. I, I love got it. back this time. I love it. Yeah. So the community has obviously grown a bit since 2005, right? Ooh, yes. So how many, oh, yeah. how many women, when you went back in in 2005, and, and I don't, I, I'll, you'll tell the story far better than I do. I know that it is a, a solid two-year program, right, mm-hmm. that women go into. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you went in in 2005, tell me kind of how that went, what happened, what, and then what does that look like for women that come in new today? So you can tell your story, but then also how it kind of relates to people that come in now. So you, you go back in, you're in, this is it, I'm going to make it work. I think that when, when, when we come into the program, we're so beat up and we're so desperate. Mm-hmm. Like we give it all we have. It's fantastic. Because who wants to... Who wants to live like that, being raped and being beat up on the streets and raped and left for dead? Like sometimes the trauma is just so heavy. Not everybody makes it. Not everybody is able to stay clean. Sure. 
but they're still a sister for life. They're like, right. they let me come back. Yeah. I relapsed. They didn't judge me and say, you can't come back because you didn't stay clean. No. They said, yeah, you can come back. Yeah. They let me come in and try it again. Yeah. And it's the same principle. Like everyone wants, we have, we have structure that you have to follow every day. But every woman's plan is different mm -hmm. based on her own individual needs, how she was raised, how, what has happened to her. Everybody has different needs. That's what makes this community different. Mm -hmm. There's not this cookie cutter. Everybody does this. No, it just depends on what you need. Right. They even asked you, what do you want? What do you want to do? And I'm mm -hmm. like, nobody really asked me that question before. <laughs> Everybody told me I needed to do this. You need to stop using. You need to stop going to jail. But nobody ever said, what is it that you want to do? Can I help you? Yeah. And I come from a good family. So, and, and I do want to say this part because a lot of people wonder. Um, so once I got to Magdalene, I got into individual therapy, mm -hmm. which I know saved my life. And I wanted to tell my mom what had happened to me. Because up until now, I hadn't said anything to her. She just thought that I started being bad, I guess. 20 years had gone by by then, probably. But a year after all of this happened, that man was, my stepfather was removed from my home. He was not there anymore. Wow. So I don't know if she, if they started having issues or if she saw I reacted differently around yeah. him. I don't remember that part. Well, Katrina, you're a mom. You, you're a mom. I bet you would agree with this. Moms always know. That's it. Right. Mom's always. That's know. it. Yeah. And we never had that conversation, but mm -hmm. I wanted to have that conversation with her. But about a year after I had been into the program, my mom was diagnosed with colon and rectal cancer. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it got worse and worse and worse. And I made the decision with my therapist, you know, with my therapist's help, but I was not going. I wanted to take care of her. Like she had taken care of me. I contracted HIV in the streets. Mm -hmm. I've lived 28 years with it. Amazing. Um, and I didn't want her to take that burden yeah. with her. I wanted to take care of her in her last days. Yeah. And me and my brothers and my daughters did that. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But, and that was what worked for you, right? And That's it's different. Like, you know, like you said, it's different for every single person. Mm -hmm. So. So when you came into Thistle Farms, right, and I know this this program that you all work about, and you talked a little bit about individual therapy and group therapy, and I mean, first of all, how powerful that must be, A, going in and being the one that's new to it, but B, as you can be there and you're in a better place and love has healed you and you get to watch this healing. I mean, I can't even imagine what that's like for you, you know, as somebody that's that's I've sat in your shoes, right? You sit there in these these meetings with these people that are coming in and 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 needing that sisterhood, and and I think maybe that's part of what makes the connection so beautiful too is that everybody can relate, right? It's not you know last, just recently we had um uh, there was a there was a um, suicide at a, a school locally in the high school, mm -hmm. and we we've been talking a lot about how we could help them with that. And I said, you know, it, it's my belief that. High school kids will respond better to someone that's closer to their age than they will somebody that's 30 years older than them telling them what's right or wrong. My guess is that this is very, very similar, that there's something that beautifully happens with when, when you can sit along somebody that's been through the same things you've been through, albeit their own version of it, right? But their own their own story, but a story very similar to yours. I, I love that that's really what happens. And, and I think 
so many times, if people can be like you are and do the good work that you're doing and know that I was helped and now it's my responsibility to go help. Somebody did good for me. Now it's my turn to go do good for them. Like there's so much power in that, right? To whom much is given, much is, much is required. I love that. To whom much is given, much is required. And when I got here, there were women that were already here before me that took me under their wing Mm -hmm. and loved me to life. And guess what? I'm not healed. I can be that. I can be in a bad spot just like those women. Mm -hmm. When my mom passed away, I almost lost my mind. Wow. And I had been clean about seven or eight years then. And you're clean now? I'm clean now. How many years? It's been 18 years. 18 years. years. Amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, but but they, they treated me. We don't care about the clean time. We just talk about loving each other the life. Right. And holding on to each other. So I can be that person that one of those new girls come up and put their arms around me and tell me it's going to be okay. And I can hear it from her. Yeah. I know, you know, I know the pain she's in. She knows my pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, part of what I love that you said is the time doesn't matter. If it's 18 minutes, you're clean. 18 days, you're clean. 18 years, you're clean. It doesn't all matter. All a work in progress. Everybody, and, Always. And even those Always. of us that have not struggled with <laughs> drugs and alcohol, we're a work in progress. Everybody has their own cross to bear, right? That's right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Thank absolutely. you for acknowledging that. A lot oh, of people for sure. It. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's, that's the reality of it. So I, I want to I talk a little bit about Thistle Farms. And, and first of mm-hmm. all, amazingly powerful. And we'll get to what you're doing now at Thistle Farms in a few minutes. But I want to talk a little bit about Thistle Farms. So a woman comes in. She's been on the streets or whatever situation she's been in. She comes in. She's brought in into a house. And now how many houses does Thistle Farms have? I'm going to get it wrong and they're going to get it. <laughs> but more than uh, one. Let's do we that. We started more. with one and I know for sure that we have four. Amazing. We have four. And also and con- a connection around the country, right? There's a network. We have sister organizations yeah. now. People who don't don't want to do wholesale, they have they know that there's a need for one of the houses or the social enterprise in their area. And Amazing. that's because Becca has traveled all over the world. And, and where we go, people be like, can we come to Thistle Farms? And we was like, uh-oh, we can't bring everybody here. But we can encourage people who are already doing the work in your area to mm-hmm. come to an educational workshop here at Thistle Farms that we have every other month yeah. and learn how to start something like this. We offer up all of our information, everything. Um, it's amazing how people from all over the world come together. And, and to watch those collaborations and the, the, the beds grow. So now if we, we have a waiting list and we don't have any beds available, we can send a woman somewhere else to one of the other six organizations. So yeah. when, when you come into the program now, when a woman comes into the program now, how, what is the commitment? You talked about a six-day program, a 90-day program. What's the, it's what's a the, two-year. We obligate for two. We, we commit to two years. But guess what? Yeah. When you have women who have been on the streets, what, 26, 28 years like me? Yeah. Two years is just scraping the surface. Yeah. You're not going to do healing. it in six days for sure. No. Yeah. It, it takes six, two years is just, you're just scraping the surface. Mm-hmm. And so women get to come in in those first three to four months. They're really working on stuff like intensive outpatient. It's learning about their disease of addiction. Mm-hmm. Like they're not bad people. They have a disease just like. High blood pressure and mm-hmm. stuff that you have to treat. Yeah. Like you learn about how the drugs affect your brain and that kind of stuff. And we take uh, parenting classes. We take uh, spirituality classes. We do a post-traumatic stress class. Amazing. Because 
all of us that come in are suffering from the same symptoms that the men who have been in wars, the trauma that they've experienced, it, the trauma we've experienced does the same thing to our minds wow. and our bodies. Yeah, and then after they finish that, get they get to come to the social inside, social enterprise side, mm -hmm. and learn. They go through a job readiness program. We get them prepared with stuff like learning how to type, learning how to do uh, Excel sheets, and working with the IT, working with accounting, working with marketing. You just get to get you learn from right each in. of the departments here. Yeah. And, and that's the first phase of it, because we realized that three or four months is still not a long time right? for somebody who who's just now getting clean. So yeah. we want to introduce them to the work side of Thistle Farms very slowly and mm -hmm. intentional. We have an awesome job readiness program. That's fantastic. Then we kind of uh, cipher them into our manufacturing team where they're still learning work skills but they're working with their hands and, and, and their minds are starting to realize, oh, I can work now. Because you have women yeah. who dropped out of school early who have, may have never had a, a real job or had good jobs and just kind of forgotten some of that stuff mm -hmm. because of the trauma and being in the streets. Yeah. So we introduced them back into the workforce real slowly. And Katrina, am I right that the products that you sell, the products that now we sell, we're thrilled to be able to sell it too, are all yes. made by women that have been taught these new skills have been Absolutely. started their healing they're process, handmade. right? That's they're right. all handmade. Those but they're women. Healing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. They're not in made in some factory and it doesn't matter who the person is. They're actually made by people who mm -hmm. are being positively impacted. And it's so 360. It's such a full 360. It's such a beautiful yeah, story. Right? Yeah. So what was your first, your first job at the company? <laughs> so when I first got to, I was labeling the body bombs and the lip bombs, mm -hmm. they were in the little can, little metal tube uh, containers. Wait, now how did and you? Because I, I got a question real quick. We got a sidebar a little bit. This labeling thing. I'm, I'm, I always assumed labeling happens with some machine so that it ends up in exactly the same place every single time. But you're doing it by hand. We were doing it by hand then. Incredible. We were doing it by hand, and I was just fine coming to work. Sitting in the little corner, being with everybody, all the other <laughs> women, and we were laughing and talking, talking about good stuff, bad stuff, crying, but we were still learning some very important job skills. And uh, the 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 general manager and a volunteer that they had brought in to, um, she started the wholesale team, which is what we do with you all. Mm -hmm. And uh, they came to me and said, "Would you like to be on the sales team?" I said, "No." Nope. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that is. What is that? I sure don't. I'm fine. Just let me stay right here. And she was like, well, can you just go with me today and just follow me? And I followed her. We went into um, a Hallmark store mm -hmm. and she went in and talked to the lady and showed the lady the product. And, and we came out and she said, now it's your turn. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's just go. do it. Yeah. And I went in. To another store, and I told, I showed the lady, the, you know, little cart that we had in the product, and I asked for the sale, and then the lady said, "Sure." What Amazing. do I do? And I was, I was, they got me. Then you were in. <laughs> I was in, yeah, and I was able to travel all over the world. Incredible, with Becca. And I'm gonna talk. I just want to just add this in when we talk about how we're always a work in progress. I just travel all over the world with Becca. Wow. And uh, my trauma has 
escalated and I will not travel in an airplane or on interstates anymore. Really? So I went from traveling years with Becca. Wow. They cannot pay me to go from here to Murfreesboro now. And now, now, how am I going to get you to Fort Wayne? You can't. It's a lot Sorry. of country roads. <laughs> I know it. You can't. You can't. But I'm back in therapy. I'm working Good. on it. Yeah, I have a grandbaby now. Yeah. And I want to be able to travel with him. And so it's worth a try. That's good. I'm not making any promises. You it's ju- it's work in progress. Work in- you know what? It's I'll come. I can come and see you. That's fine. I can come and that's see right. you. That's right. Again. Again. Yes, again. that's right. Yes. Come and see you again. Yes. Um, so, yes. So I love that you jumped right in it on sales. And, and I want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the savings program because you, you told me about that uh, one time mm-hmm. that we were talking. And I'd love if you'd share a little bit about how the – because there's so many – it's almost like I don't know what is left that could be done. Every wonderful thing that could be thought of has been thought of. And then I heard about the savings program. Like this is a whole another thing. So you know you're getting the old version of this Farms, how yeah. what what yeah. I did. Yeah. Now they have another whole advanced and wonderful program. Right. But when I went through the program, it was called an individual an IDA account, an mm-hmm. individual development account. Mm-hmm. And at first, I didn't quite understand, but they gave me housing. I was able to come into Thistle Farms and live two years rent free. That doesn't happen anywhere. Right, right. And they gave me a job. If it had been up to me, I'd have spent that money and not had anything to show for it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I had no idea about budgeting and saving or any of that. So they say, if you sell, if you save this amount of money, we'll match it. Amazing. But you have to choose things of asset. You have to choose a home, a car, your own business, your education or your child's education or savings, mm-hmm. some kind of savings. And I was like, well, I want a car. I'm tired of riding a bus and riding the van. Because <laughs> the van took us everywhere we okay. needed to go. But I wanted my own independence. Yeah. And I saved that first year and I got a car. Unbelievable. Because I, I didn't believe they were going to do it. I was like, I don't believe y'all going to do that. But they did. But they did. And so that back then we could do two. And so the second one was, I've always dreamed of having a home. Mm-hmm. I have my daughter now, whose life I'm trying to get back into and rebuild that relationship. I've always lived with my mother, but I want my own home. Mm-hmm. I want to be like my mama. She always kept a beautiful home. Yeah. And so I said, I want to sign up for the home. Well, I had to take this class and pull my credit, clear my credit, all that good stuff, right? Right. Got it clear. Filled out the application with U.S. Bank. And I still didn't believe that it was possible after <laughs> all of that. Right. I still just didn't believe right. that it would be possible for somebody. like. And when we submitted the first application, they denied it. Mm-hmm. And guess what I said? I told you. I knew they wasn't going. Right. And Becca said, well, no, let's just go back and find out why. We've done everything that they asked. Let's find out why. Mm-hmm. And so she talked to them and they were like, well, Becca, for the last 10 years, at least she's been a ghost. She ain't paid a phone bill, light bills, rent nowhere. And Becca was like, well, I can tell you what she's been doing. Those that for the last 10 years, she's been on the street. She's been doing this and doing that. But look at what she's done for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Let's just give her a chance. So it was me and another young lady, another one of my sisters. Uh, I plot to her right beside each other. And we both got approved for those houses. Incredible. Right next to each other. Yeah. Incredible. Mind blowing. Incredible. Yeah. How long did you live next to her? Are you still, you're, you're still living that, you're still living that we're house? Still there. 
Amazing. She rents her house out now. She's moved okay. and got her a larger house. Yep. And she rents that house out, but we're still right there. Side we're still right side. there. Wow. And mm-hmm. what's she doing now? She works for the pro. She's the director, the senior director for our residential program. Oh, for wow. the two-year residential program. Yeah. She is the, she's a graduate and she's Amazing. the director of that program. Amazing. It's, it's just, it's just so inspiring. <laughs> Your stories are so, and, and I know, it, you know, it, what's, what's people don't know is that you, you are so happy and so positive, but I don't think any of it you take lightheartedly. You take oh, no. it, you know, everywhere you've been, but what you've done is you found this beautiful way to positively impact the world Yeah, every single day, which is, is, you know, well, I told God when I was, and I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but no. I remember one morning about two o'clock walking the streets and saying, is this what my life, this is what I was born for. I don't want to live. I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. I can't get clean. I don't want to do it anymore. But if you take me out of this, I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I forget that when the road gets hard and women are really having a hard time or I'm in a bad space, I'll forget that I made that promise. And God will quickly remind me, you told me <laughs> that you talk to these people. Yep. You told me that you do whatever. And I'd be like, OK, 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 I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm back on. I'm back on. I'm back on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now who who is now your mom's past? You're still close with your two brothers. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't yeah, you the host? I, You're now the matriarch of the family. So I am the matriarch. <laughs> but she trained them well. They cook. So I used to do all the cooking. And I realized I was like, y'all rascals can cook too. Y'all can start cooking too. But yeah, we believe in family gatherings and in our community of whoever our people are cookouts and barbecues and fish fries and. We all meet up sometimes at a seafood place, all the family, and just take up a whole area and just, yeah, we don't take for granted that um, tomorrow's promised. So we enjoy, try to enjoy each other, you know, as often as we can. That's right. That's beautiful. And and now your daughter, what, your daughter is successful? She is. She just, she, she is back home with me. She Mm -hmm. was in a relationship and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Um. Like she had planned it and she felt stuck. And I said, you're stuck. Why? Put your stuff in storage and come home. Yep. That's what my mama taught me. I could always go home when I was doing right. And so she came home and, um, you know, we have this joke about uh, she wished she could have a baby. But the doctors told her she couldn't because she has some kind of medical condition. And lo and behold, look what she had. Look at yep. that back there. I see that That's baby. That's my 10-month-old grandbaby. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Such yeah. an amazing so, story. And I mean, just, it's incredible. I'm just one I'm just one female that's here. We have men who work here now who are all about the brotherhood and, and being a part of our lives in a positive way. Um, and, and digging in and doing their own recovery too. They work yeah. in the cafe and they work on our IT team. IT team. Um, it's just awesome. And so I'm incredible. not saying that everything is positive and everything happens that's good because it's not. We've lost women mm-hmm. uh, to the disease of addiction. We've lost women who are in prison. Um, but we do it all right here together yeah. as a community. And And yeah. any of those that might might still be living and might not be able to have kept up what they were doing are always welcome back. They're a sister for life. 
always welcome always. back, which I love always. that. The, the, I, mean, yeah. I think you, you all so encapsulate what the world should be doing and how we should be putting our arms around people and, and welcoming them and helping them lift them up. You know, it, you'd be you'd be surprised that that's one of the things that draws people to the safari. People want to be a part of that. You know, life is so hard just by itself. Sometimes things are hard. Mm-hmm. People just want to be a part of something good yeah. that's happening. Yeah. And and I think the the willingness, like you, for women like yourself, that are willing to say, you know what, I was there. Mm-hmm. I'm living proof that you can do it too. Is just you know you remarkable. Can do it. If I remarkable. can do it, you can do it. Remarkable. That's right. Um, Katrina, before we go, I have one one last question for you that I like to ask all of the the people with whom I get to have great conversations and hear their great stories. And your story is amazing, incredible. And every time I hear it, you re-inspire me and I want to hear it again and again, because it's just that there's always an extra part of it. But um, if if you're 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 at the end of your life at some point, right, and you're thinking back on the incredible journey that you've had and you had to pick somebody to tell your story, who's going to tell the who's going to tell the Katrina story? For you, who would you pick to tell it? Why would you pick them to tell it? Oh, wow. I think it would be my daughter or my grandbaby. Love that. And he's never, her because she had to live through it. Sure. And so I do believe that I've always said that I wouldn't take back the worst thing that's happened to me. Because I think it has deterred her from going down that road. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I know she's got her own thorn in her side, too, because we all struggle with something. Right. But it won't be the addiction one. Right. Right. And she's had to live without her mom. But she's got to see her mom get clean and now be her best friend. Of course. But but I want her to be able to tell that little boy about me, Mm -hmm. about some other stuff and him be like, I can't imagine (laughs) my granny going through that. My granny is everything. Right. Like I, I. So for that. Yeah. That's great. That's perfect. Yeah. And and you know, I think as a as a boy myself, I was I was a ten month old boy at one time. There's so much to be said for that that grandmother figure in your life, right? And and it I is. know. Oh yeah. Um, good good for you for showing him what can be done. I mean, you've given him a fantastic role model to look up to as he grows. And same with your daughter. So I, I so appreciate you spending time with me today. Oh, thank you for having me here. I appreciate you for everything that you're doing oh, with us and for us. Thank you so much. We we are thrilled to have Thistle Farms as a partner. But even beyond that, I'm thrilled to have you as a friend. And, and I love that we get to have these conversations. And, yes. um, you know, and, and I hope to see you soon. I'll come and see you. But I hope to see you okay. soon. Okay, will do. Katrina, thanks for taking time with us today. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Good Market Podcast. A new episode will drop the second Tuesday of each month, so make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening. Give us a like, a follow, and a share, and please leave a review so that we can reach even more people and grow even more good. Tune in next time to hear more stories from good people with great products supporting exceptional causes. We'll see you next month.